Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Authentic Filters, where topics are real, relevant, and the call to action is needed. Moral beliefs are being tested every day, so if we want to see change, let's stand united and demand that change happens. My name is Lisa. And my name is Anthony. Let's Let's get get into it. it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to a, another fresh episode of Authentic Filters. We are on episode six. We are halfway through season number two. We hope that you guys enjoyed our last week's episode. Be sure, again, to share these topics with your family and friends so that they can then share it with people that they know because that's what helps us grow and that's what helps us keep going and, and really get the word out for these topics that we are discussing. But we've got two really good topics to discuss today and we hope that you enjoy them as well. So we're going to get started with the great resignation that's taken place in the country and really was spurred by the pandemic and people reevaluating their lives and reevaluating what exactly does work-life balance look like for them because what it was before is not what it is now <laughs> it's not what it is now because if you notice i don't know if um, folks have been kind of watching kind of the labor numbers when they come out every month you want to look at that because you want to see if they're adding jobs to the workforce but last month i think everybody it was like the great awakening yo this is called the it's called the great resignation but it was called the great awakening 3.7 million people quit well august 4.3 million people quit people ain't playing well well, it was a mixture they quit and then one i think 1.3 of that number they were let go by employers It's it's a mixture it's a mixture of people being let go because a lot of companies are going through a reorg um, I know I read an article just yesterday. Cerner's gonna lay off some some more people. They got I think they got a new CEO. Mm-hmm. You just got a lot of companies really kind of looking at their their org uh, organization and saying, hey, you know, a lot of these people we just don't need. Um, let's just go ahead and start cutting costs and just just going through that transformation. But then you do have a lot of people that say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to work this. I want. I don't want to bust my tail to a nine to five or working ten hours a day, twelve hours a day, and not having that work life balance and having time for their family. So they just say, you know what? Here you go, and just went off and did their own thing. Now a lot of them, I believe it said thirty percent of those that quit went out to start their own business and that's a great thing because that then is going to help hopefully the economy for a lot of small businesses being generated when you really kind of think about it that's what really kind of holds the economy is the small businesses Mm -hmm. think about it so many of them went out of business because due to covid and due to the fact that they did not get the funding that they needed and you know, Anthony and I have been talking about this in several episodes, but I think it is good that folks got to a crossroad within their career, within their life, and said, you know what, this ain't working for me no more. So you know what, I'm going to go out there and create my own happiness. I want to have, I want to be able to 
say how much I can earn. They don't want a cap on their earnings. They're just basically taking that risk, taking that leap of faith and just going out there and starting their own business. But then you have a good number of folks that just quit and mm. haven't started a business. You no, know, they're just out of the workforce. They're just out of the so, workforce. So, so seeing... CNBC, they highlighted a survey that the American people took, and over 55% of those said that these were their top two reasons for leaving their current jobs. It was the work-life balance, and then it was the job security and better pay. Mm -hmm. And most of those people that were surveyed, they came from the leisure and hospitality sectors. So your your hotels, your bars, your restaurants, because those are the people that during the pandemic, I think that they really got hit. They were some of the worst hit because when the restaurants closed down, when the hotels were basically vacant, mm -hmm. they had no work to do. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the service industry, like a restaurant or a bar, mm -hmm. and you're not even making, I guess it's it's their definition of a minimum wage, like $2 and something. Yeah, they get paid under minimum wage because they get tips. When you're, your whole spiel is you're relying on how someone feels about you your service right when when you have to bust your butt and you have to constantly be on edge just to make sure that you get a good tip from whoever mm -hmm. you're waiting on that is stress like that's a whole lot of stress mm -hmm. and, and most of those people that well not most of them but a good number of them said that for the ones that had kids and depending on where they lived in their city they said it costs more for me just to get to work for the entire week than i'm actually bringing home because I got to think about childcare, I got to think about my transportation. They're not making enough money to to live. But once again, it kind of goes back to it. You know, if the the folks out there in <laughs> online land, you know, if you kind of go back to season one, we talked about you know homelessness in America. We talked about the minimum wage disparities. We talked about a lot of that stuff, and it's very relevant and prevalent. Still to this day, these folks are not making enough money. It kind of goes back to, you know, Bank of America. They're going to get their folks to $25 an hour by 2025. Right. And, and to me, making $25 an hour entry level going into a, a job, that's pretty decent yeah. money. At the same token, by the time they get there, the minimum wage, by my calculation, is still going to be slightly off, but they're still going to be pretty close. And right now, folks are not, they're, they're, they're fighting for $15 right. an hour and I mean, can't even get there. I mean, this really falls on Congress to act, and hopefully the Biden administration and the fact that the Democrats control the House and the Senate, they can really do something about this because for people that go to restaurants and that are complaining, you know, there's not quick enough service or this or that. Well, why do you think that that is? There's nobody there. There's nobody there because they're not, they're done doing this. They're done making these bummy wages that are not allowing them to live a sustainable life. True, but at the same token, when you did your stats and your research, it also talked about the number of folks that, I think they just got to the point to where they got tired of working for someone. They got tired of the rude leadership. Mm -hmm. People just mistreating them, so walking all over them. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's many factors, but a lot of them 
just I think it was more of kind of their mental state and their well-being. They just they couldn't take it no more, so they left. Right. But some of them did not start a, a business. Some of them were just unemployed. And and here's the thing: to a certain point, savings if you don't manage it properly is gonna run out. You I'm know sure they people, know that. But pe- what people are doing is people are now seeking unemployment, and so they've been calling the unemployment office <laughs> Good luck with saying that. that you know, and actually, I think they've been able to reach a few people, but they've been trying to get unemployment. And people need to understand when you quit your job, you forfeit unemployment because right. this was your choice. You was not fired. You was not laid off. You quit your job. So the rule is when you quit your job, you do not get unemployment. If you are going to quit your job for work-life balance or to start your own business, you need to make sure that you have savings to right. pay your bills. You just don't just quit your job and then you're going to figure it out later. Well, some people did that and then other people were actually let go by their employer. Uh, but, yes. But for um, there was another set. Like, but those people will get unemployment. Well, I was actually, I can't remember where I was reading this at, but I think in certain states for like the restaurant industry, mm-hmm. you have to make a certain amount of money to even qualify for unemployment. And people in the restaurant industry, they didn't qualify for unemployment in whatever those states were because mm-hmm. they, they didn't make enough, wow. which was crazy. Okay, so they're, they're basically going to be screwed. They're basically screwed. And then one of the other big sectors that I was looking into was I know a lot of women ended up leaving the service industry because oh, yeah. they felt like they were they were just tired of being harassed yeah. by the clientele that they were servicing. Mm-hmm. They were tired of being ridiculed. They were tired of just, like you said, poor management. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they provide health care and insurance for people at restaurants some of those restaurants don't because you know what it's too high and then some of the workers some of the workers can't even afford the insurance if the employer is providing the insurance because they don't make enough money but it kind of goes back to now we have a labor shortage we have all these open jobs over 14 million jobs nobody wants these jobs the supply chain is all messed up. We did an episode about that. That's- this is yeah. This is a chance for this is a chance for twofold for organizations to rework how exactly they treat their employees, what they're paying their employees, how they define a work week, mm-hmm. and all the people that are not working right now. Mm-hmm. There's such good talent that's oh, yeah. just not Top employed. Talent. Employ employers can now scoop up that good talent from other that came from other organizations or wherever. If they, were they at. choose to work, if they choose, if they to choose work. to work, but also if the employer is is taking it serious and rethinking re and reworking how they offer employee packages. And here's the thing, and that you you hit everything you hit on is absolutely correct. But I think what a lot of organizations go wrong is two of those one is the pay a lot of times the the, the a company will want you to come with this 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 mm-hmm. skill set this 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 a uh, degree this 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 certification and then it's like and you only paying that right but then when a person starts now you really have me doing two people's jobs mm-hmm. but you only paying me a salary of one, one person, so yeah. to a certain point it, it becomes misleading uh, because what you marketing is not actually what sometimes the employee is getting when they start right. day one. And then they're in that same situation where the whole purpose of them going to this job is to hopefully figure out the work-life balance. 
the, when you've got them working not only during the day, but then they got to go home and work at night. Eight, and then uh, they eighty gotta, hours a week, and then they got to work on the weekends just to keep up with the yep. work. It's like it kind of defeats the point. It defeats the point. It, it kind of goes back to I've been in several situations like that. Yeah, I've been in management for so long, but I've been in situations to where I was doing two and three people's job as a manager and I'm busting my tail working 80 hours a week just to have everything running smoothly. And people were like, how was you doing it? As a matter of <laughs> fact, it was a grace of God because right. I don't even know how I was doing it. But people are tired of that. They're like, no more. There is a better life out there. Mm-hmm. There's a better way. And I think with the pandemic, yeah, it brought clarity. It really got people to really sit and, and really think about their purpose. And then it said it got people to say, you know what? I've been working remote, and I've been working remote people for like over that. a year and a half. That's what they want. And they've been, and, and, and for those that have been basically, they felt comfortable. They felt home. empowered. They felt comfortable. They were getting that work done. Nothing wrong with that if you're getting the work if done. If you're getting the work done, but for those that kept going to the refrigerator and yeah. and, and, and their their Skype said they was idle for two and three hours, <laughs> uh, no, them suckers <laughs> probably should have been let go. <laughs> but yeah, this, this is a double-edged sword right there because I, I personally think that that's where the workforce needs to go is they need to offer people the ability to work from home certain days out of the week and then come into the office certain days out of the week as well just to give them that flexibility true but let me kind of go back because i I, kind of didn't address the other point so one it is about the pay Uh, these companies got to make sure that you know if they want to retain the top talent okay you're gonna have to pay them you, sometimes these folks are bringing in certain skill sets and they're, they, they're specialized in certain areas of, of the, the business. Those individuals you actually need at the table and you want to pay them what they're worth. You see what I'm saying? But then it, it, the other part to what you said is the leadership. These companies have folks in these leadership positions that they should not be in these positions. I don't care if you got 10 middle management positions open. Don't just start putting people in these positions to say you're fully staffed or you have a strong leadership team right now because no you probably really don't if you have people in positions that are swing they're just basically swinging their power around mm-hmm. they're belittling people they people don't, don't know how to that. treat people, yeah, people they're, they're people. disrespectful to people they talk to people any old kind of way and they don't know how to lead a team those are the individuals that you actually need to give them their uh, pink slips and you need to get rid of them those are the ones you need to get rid of and i think right now people are like no you know what life is too short i lost too many loved ones due to covid i'm not gonna sit here and spend the rest of my days in this job having this moron sit here and talk to me any kind of way people and be miserable miserable and people are over that yeah some people are choosing it's not even the pay for them they just want a simpler lifestyle so they're willing to take a pay cut cut. and live a simpler lifestyle it means that they are happier Mm -hmm. and they're able to spend more time with their family and they're able to be less stressed if you will and and live a, a less stressed life but to get back to that cnbc survey there was a good number of people that said they'd be willing to learn new skill sets and learn new degrees or take or take on new degrees mm-hmm. if it meant better opportunity 
moving forward. But but these companies need to offer better opportunities. Right. And here's the thing. These companies can, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they do, Mm -hmm. to certain people. There's only certain people that they want to elevate within an organization when you really need to stop, step back, and just assess all the talent. If I was in a high position, I want to see all talent. I'm not. I'm not just gonna have these little pods of just certain folks that I'm gonna keep rotating around, and those are the only folks within the organization that's getting the promotions. Because right. I've also worked for companies like that. Is next thing you know, you turn on your computer. Here's a, here comes an announcement. Is the same folks getting promoted? Mm-hmm. How can that be well, when there's other the talent? Too. Yeah, it's other talent within the organization, and for me, it would be baffling because you know I think what is natural for people to do <laughs> you cut when people get promoted. Now you want to go up to their LinkedIn profile. Now you want to see what they got to bring to the table, and when you go out there and it is disappointing, you kind of you do the comparison. You right. look at them, you look at yourself, and like, what is really going on? Now, some of them, they don't always update their LinkedIn, but... And here's the thing, and, and you're right, because I haven't updated mine in a while, mm-hmm. but what I have out there, I mean, it's still a lot, right. but I still haven't updated mine in a while, but at the same token, that's just kind of a natural reaction for people to do, but companies got to stop doing that. Companies have to stop only promoting the same people. Start looking at all the talent. Well, that goes to the culture of the It goes to the culture. And people that's, that are up top running the, the yeah, show. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, it kind of goes back to sometimes that top-down approach don't work. Mm-hmm. Try the bottom-up approach. Right. Because sometimes that can make an organization sustainable and very successful. I guess just my final thought is just thinking about like the restaurant industry, I feel like those employers could afford to pay their workers like the legit minimum wage versus what they're making, and then they can make tips on top of that. Now, they may not be able to retain as many employees, but I really feel like because the restaurant industry is one of the highest turnover industries, if they paid those people what they were actually worth, then those people would stick around long term because not only could they have a sustainable job, but they could also afford to go to school at night or or go to school online if that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that's just what they want to do. They enjoy the service industry, meeting people and providing that type of service and Mm -hmm. making tips on top of that. And they can live a really great lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Now, that might mean that you have to increase the prices of your food here and there. But But people, people will still come out and eat at your restaurant if they're getting great service and you're producing great food, and mm-hmm. you've got great employees that are providing mm-hmm. great hospitality to the guests and the customers. And that is so true because, you know, there's several restaurants that we go to that, you know, we like to eat good. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to go to the Bristol's, uh, I'm plugging some restaurants, I'm sorry, these are the restaurants that I like. If I'm going to go to McCormick and Schmidt's, Capital mm-hmm. Grill, J. Alexander, yeah. you know, hey, I, I always get top service at these restaurants. Right. And I, I really they're making hopefully good money. I hope they're making real good money. I hope that they are. But once again, it kind of goes back to what you just said. If you take care of your, your employees, they're going to take care of you. And they're going to let you know, oh, I'm in this for the long haul. Right. You paying me this kind of money. I'm able to go to school. Mm-hmm. I'm able to not work double shifts. Right. I'm able to have a work-life balance. I'm still able to pay child care for my kids. Right. I'm able to put food on the table, pay my rent, 
still uh, pay for transportation, pay, pay my car payment, pay all my bills, and still have some money left over, which would be disposable income to still live a modest lifestyle. You see what I'm saying? We ain't saying these people got to live rich, but people got to be able to live a good lifestyle. Right. You see what I'm saying? I definitely agree. And if you pay people what they're worth, and then if they're making tips on top of that, they'll stick with you. They I will stick for the long with you. But, but I want to kind of kind of address what you just said. <laughs> You made the comment that these these businesses can pay more. And you're right. They can pay more. They choose not to pay yeah, more. They're putting money in their shareholders' pockets. They're putting money in their shareholders' pocket. And don't get me wrong. I'm pockets. not going to sit there and say that that's a bad thing to do. Because if I invested in your business, I'm going to want my dividends too. But at the right. same token... These shareholders have to understand that if we don't have these people, then it's effect. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna affect it's, you. It trickles down and it's gonna affect your pockets. Well, it's gonna trickle up at that point. Yeah, it's gonna trickle up. Yeah, it's gonna trickle up to them. And it's gonna the affect highest. their their pockets. And then another thing, you have these these executives and these these managers. All they want is a bonus. They want their yearly bonus. Oh, uh, do you need that yearly bonus? Especially if you're already making a really good salary, some sometimes you can just forfeit that right. and, and just do the right thing and say, you know what, I live a really good life off this regular salary. You wonder I don't why really, the, yes. weight of the wealth gap is getting so big. Yeah, I don't really need this bonus. So if I can just forfeit my bonus and give it to these five employees... Mm-hmm. So they can stay working and be able to pay their bills right. and pay them a pretty decent salary. Right. I'm okay with that. Because you see that's what I'm saying? The right thing. Well, to it's do. it's a it's a humanitarian thing to do, but it's just the right thing to do. And people got to understand that this life is just temporary. You can't take this money with you. That is true. So what are we talking about on part two? So for the second half of the podcast, we're going to actually talk about the Alec Baldwin movie set shooting. He's actually filming a movie called Rust, and there was a fatality on the movie set. So when we get back, we're going to talk about that. second half of authentic filters let's kind of get into the alec baldwin movie set russ when alec baldwin fired the prop gun it actually killed the cinematographer helena hutchins and it actually injured the director of photography joel souza yeah i saw that and um i think i was listening to the michelle collins show which she is hilarious (laughs) on uh radio andy and she was talking about it as well. The last time that something like this happened, I think the movie was called The Crow or something. It was it in the was 90s. It was Crow with Brandon Lee, which was Bruce Lee's son. They said it was like a piece of rubber or something in that, that gun, and it struck whoever. They really didn't talk about it because it's like it happened. And I felt it took, for me back then, I was, you know, much younger. It was, I felt like it was somewhat of a cover up mm-hmm. because it's like it happened. 
and they kind of went back in time like well his father died on the set as well they oh, kind of yeah they kind of felt like you know was was this how do I want to put it it made people feel uneasy because mm-hmm. they didn't feel like it was an accident, accident. they mm. didn't feel like it was an accident at all so it, it hasn't happened in a long time but you know, my heart goes out to um, the Hutchins family for this this tragic event. Uh, I am glad that the the guy that was injured, Joel Sousa, that he's fine. I think he's he's out of the hospital right now. My heart also goes out to Alec Baldwin because he was given the gun by the assistant director, and one of the things that they say on set is they yell "code gun, code gun." That means there is no real bullets in the gun there's no no real rounds it's just it's nothing in the gun so it's okay for you to shoot the gun and that's exactly what he did he shot the gun and the gun killed helena i feel like at this point in 2021 don't they have like cgi or some type of computer software to where they can really use a fake toy gun and then graphically make it look like it's shooting whatever it needs to out the gun you know i'm sure they probably do and maybe they haven't really thought about it from that extent but i've always been concerned just by seeing all these action movies and i used to always wonder what is in those guns where when they're shooting it looks like it's putting holes in a wall how is it not injuring a human being i've always thought about that i don't know how that works because i'm not in that industry but when there's so many people around and you know you you bring in the human intervention you're gonna have human error so she's a cinematographer she was holding the camera she was right? holding the and camera the moving scene. around in the scene that's how you get those angles so uh-huh. it looks like you're the per you're one of the characters looking at whoever yep. else in the and so when he shoot when he shot it when he shot the, the gun it, it killed her because i mean it, it struck her yeah it struck her and so from all the articles that I've been reading, because as you guys know, it is trending. Literally, this topic is everywhere. It happened on Thursday, but get on your computer. It's Yahoo. It's everywhere. From my understanding, it was a real round in that gun. And I don't even know who put that in there, why it was in there. Why is there even real bullets on the, the set? Right. Why are there guns that can fire bullets on the set? There shouldn't have been. There shouldn't have been. There shouldn't have been at all. So that, and so that's the, the the confusing part is maybe they thought that one was the co-gun and the co-gun was over here and then they switched well, them out. Problem. And that's a huge problem. But then there were other concerns from um, some of the crew members that they raised concerns about the safety on the, the set. They also raised, raised concerns about the conditions mm-hmm. and that they wasn't getting paid. I read an article to where some of them said they hadn't been paid for several weeks. Well, that falls on the director. That falls right? on the director or, or the producer or, or whoever the, is responsible for managing studio. all that. Yeah. But at the same token, you know... Alex, he's just making a movie, and well, if if yeah. you know, to a certain point, there are people in place that is responsible for that. Everybody is accountable for their part, right. so you can't sit there and push blame off of him because he was given the gun, oh, and the not. guy said "cold gun." If right. if I give you something, not and, and I'm telling you it's cold gun, it's good for you to shoot it. Then go I'm ahead and shoot assume, it, yeah. and if I f up, then that's on me. Well, that sounds like that's the armors. 
person that was in charge of all the yes. the guns and whatnot that dropped the ball on that or however many people are in charge of that. From my understanding, what I read today was he did have breakfast with the husband and the son because she left behind, you know, a, a, a little boy and he had breakfast with them and they do not blame him at all for what happened. Well, that's good. That's a good Which time. is good because, I mean, that would be hard to do, but they know it wasn't his fault. Right. I mean, they, they, they have the facts in front of front of them. And so if anybody they're blaming is the the individuals that was responsible for the the guns mm-hmm. and the armor Somebody's on the set. Get a lawsuit. And right now, you know, no one has been arrested. Right. They're still trying to figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're talking to everybody, all the crew members on the set. But from my understanding, he's taking a break from acting right now because oh, yeah. he just from my understanding, this is actually his movie. Mm-hmm. So he he's putting, I guess, a lot of backing behind it oh, really? but okay. due to the fact that this happened on his movie set is not good no. for him and so he is he's he's just not doing well at all when we ask ourselves is you know in this day and age how how did this happen how, this should have never happened right. you know once again they're gonna have to find better ways and, and and put in better protocols when it comes to handling a firearms like you said with the you said code gun is what they say it's called it's, it's cold like the go the gun is cold oh C-O-L. cold like freezing like uh-huh. cold gun uh-huh. okay that's what that that's what they, they call right. it on the movie set they yell it out for whenever someone has to fire a, a, a gun mm-hmm. they'll say cold gun well, the gun one. the gun is cold so yeah. it's okay for you to go ahead and fire it because it's not going to do anything right well like you said better safety protocols i mean even before they shoot that scene somebody needs to open up that gun and make sure that there's nothing in it mm-hmm. just so that they're for sure yeah number two i mean if you got a cinematographer that is gonna be in that frame mm-hmm. put he or she in a bulletproof vest put him in a helmet you know, yeah, what I mean? they probably could have did that, but I think it was more of this doesn't happen too often, right. and when you really think about it, it doesn't because the last time it happened was on the Brendan Lee set, mm-hmm. uh, whatever movie that he was making, which was The Crow. It could have been Crow Three because I know he was alive for Crow One and I think Crow Two, mm-hmm. or maybe it was part of Crow Two because he died on the movie set when they was making one of those, but. It's been so many years ago, and, and and when you really kind of think about the stats on that, the stats are just so low, they are. and they're very, very, they, they have obviously pretty good checks and balances mm-hmm. in place. They're making sure that none of these guns have live rounds, because it, it's not like it happens on every movie set. Right. All the movies that are being made in the world, when you think about it, you know, but, but it's unfortunate that when it does happen... And it takes a person's life. There ain't nothing you can do There's about it. It's about like, it. But, wow. But even with that said, all the checks and balances that they have, you want to do a full sweep. Putting people in bulletproof vests and in safety helmets, that's a full sweep right there. That is a full sweep to ensure definitely the crew member safety. Yeah, the crew member safety. And maybe that's something that they'll think about. I think that that just needs to be standard moving moving forward. forward. Whenever there's firearms being used, regardless if you're in the frame or not, people that are in the vicinity need to have those vests on. It's like a construction worker. 
they're not going to allow them on the construction site without hard helmets and all their safety equipment that they're supposed to wear. True, but but because of liability, because it is a liability. But you'd be surprised on all the fatalities that happen on construction that's sites. True. It's, it's a lot. It's that's all. So true. I mean, it is literally that's heavy equipment and machinery. It's not yeah. cold. You know, cranes. Yeah, it's real cranes and it's, real stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. <laughs> But th- this is just, it's, it's so sad because mm-hmm. she was young. She was only 42, just had her whole life ahead yeah. of her. Yeah. And it's just very unfortunate that this happened. But, you know, they're going to have to come up with better ways on how to keep people safe on these movie sets. I mean, I just, I think that if they're going to have guns, they ought to be just fake guns. Right. It's no different than... What kind of concerns me is when people go to the shooting ranges. Me too. And, and I've never go, been to one. You go to the shoot, and I've been to one with you know my husband, your stepfather. You go to the shooting range, and is you bring your gun, or maybe you can use a gun there, but it's real bullets, mm-hmm. and everybody is not skilled in that area to hold a gun, handle a gun, and shoot the gun. And then you got people that are just. Being knuckleheads and playing and, around. And you got people that are being knuckleheads and playing around. And accidents do happen. But, you know, when you're in a situation, when you put yourself in a situation like that to where you are dealing with real bullets, that's a whole nother mm-hmm. area. In this situation here with this topic, these were supposed to be, there were supposed to be no rounds in the gun. Right. It, it's supposed to be, from my understanding, I, I would assume blanks. That's what that should have been what was in the gun. And obviously that's not what happened because, you know, she got killed and then the director, he got injured. Obviously his injuries wasn't, I guess, too bad because they released him from the hospital. They released him, I think, the same day. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not really for sure how bad his injuries were. Just a tragic situation all around. So we're definitely praying for the Hutchins family. Mm hmm. Husband and and her their son. We're actually praying for everyone. We're praying for you know Alec and his family. We're pray- praying for Joel. Right. Um. Even though he was released from the hospital, we're praying for him and his family because he could have got killed too. Could have. You yeah. know, or it could have been more people that got mm-hmm. killed. You know, you just never know how many. When he, I don't know if it was just one bullet in the the gun, or if there were several bullets in the gun. Uh, we just don't know how how that could have happened. Yeah. I just can't just even a, imagine yeah. it. You know, you, you're on a set and that part is supposed to be fake. And, and then it's real, it's real because you can't recover from you, that. she gets shot and then just falls out. So you, you, you can't, just, you can't no recover redos. from that. Yeah, no redos with that one. Yeah. So. Wow, that's, that's tough. Mm-hmm. But on another note, this is tough too. This is just, I wouldn't wish this on anybody, but they did find Brian Laundrie's remains mm-hmm. in... In the reserve, and I don't even want to know. I don't. I don't think the coroner's released how he died or I, what that, took place. It just is just the whole thing is just it, the like, whole thing is just so tragic. It's tragic, but it's just it's kind of hard to somewhat follow it and understand it. And what I mean by that is, I think when they found his remains, I don't know. He was basically in that swamp, and he was kind of like underneath some stuff that where they originally couldn't see him but i guess they had maybe the technology that was able to see 
I'm going to assume his decomposed body. They said it was pretty decomposed. And I thought to myself, well, how long has he, he been, been in, there? in there? Well, if his stuff was scattered, I think they said they were finding like certain items of his stuff not too far from it, like his wallet or whatever it was, but mm -hmm. it was just scattered. So you almost wonder if he maybe took his own life and then his body just was, was there. Because, um, I mean, for him to just have his stuff kind of scattered out not too far from his body. It just don't make any sense. It kind of seemed like someone either put it there, it was planted there. I just don't yeah. understand it. And then his whole family is just kind of weird to me. <sighs> I don't understand because now they're saying they're not going to give him a funeral. Huh. So, I mean, you, so you're not gonna give him it. a funeral. You you can still have a memorial for him. I'm, I mean, because he's he, he's your your kid. Right. I know. But it's 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 weird. It's yeah, it's a little weird. I don't agree with them being silent, but I don't think like even a year ago that they ever would have imagined that this is what what happened. Like I don't think that they ever would have thought this is like what situation they'd be in. In this this time of the yeah life. yeah I'm I'm sure of that but I mean I think for for me is what did he expect when he did what he did to to his girlfriend he probably just was I mean I, I can't uh, assume he, yeah. I'm assuming he was probably nervous and scared and all types of stuff yeah and just didn't know what to do what to do and but then, I guess I'm not understanding you're out there and there is alligators snakes there's and snakes and you mean to tell me an alligator didn't get them I don't know it's just it's just because now they have an anthropologist looking at his bones and they never have an anthropologist looking at bones why do well, they have his body a, was decomposed like that then something must have been eaten on him right I don't well, he know. he was in the swamp, so maybe it accelerated his his skin decomposing and all that stuff, being in that swamp with the bacteria and all that stuff. It could have been, but I don't know. They have an anthropologist that flew in, and I guess to look at the bones, but it's just, I don't know. It's just a weird story to it's just me. Horrible. And I think they said they were able to identify it was him by the dental records. Yep. So just a horrible situation. It's just, a very horrible situation. It's a very tragic. horrible situation because it seems like the parents knew exactly where he was at. I didn't read that part, but, but maybe they did. I, I just yeah. They kind of made a comment that the parents kind of went directly to the spot, and you know it's kind of like then how did you know he was out here? How, it just it, it's is weird. Maybe I don't want to speculate, but maybe he had told them that he was going to take his own life or something like that, and they just stayed silent. Because it just was too much for them. Who knows? They, well, you speculate. know what? They stay silent for too long. I don't know. So. But now you got two people that are gone Gone now. So yeah. um, on, on another note, hopefully this is, well, SBA. So let's just kind of get right back into it real quick. So last week I was... So we doing four topics? No, not four topics. But I want to do like a kind of recap. Last week I was <laughs> under the impression that we would get approved and all of our documents in. Explain to me why I had to keep uploading the same document like three to four times on the portal and I had to call the reps. For them to have this new portal, it's a piece of crap. And so I spoke with the rep on Friday. Supposedly all of our documents are uploaded except for the 4506T form, Fair which form they need, needed me to refill out again because supposedly I had checked the wrong box. So I checked the right box, sent it in, they acknowledged that I had emailed it in and that it should be uploaded early this week so that's still still pending still in with, process with the sba it's so exhausting to kind of just just keep recapping and giving updates about 
this whole program. It is. It's just like, you know, I'm tired of them saying, oh, it's the system. No, it's you guys. It it's is. It's you guys and the lack of experience and, and knowledge that you have and you don't know what you're doing. You're giving folks the wrong information. You keep making folks do the same thing five and six and seven times. It's to the point you just, you just, just get over it. Like well, it, it shouldn't be this hard. But when you got people that are incompetent and they don't know what they're doing, then it, it makes it this hard and this difficult. So with this new portal, with this new portal, you constantly got to, you, you have to keep uploading documents for them to receive it and acknowledge that they received it. Right. I'm just over it. I'm over this whole, this everything. I mean, if if we ever run into a situation like this again to where the government is pumping money into the economy, the government's going to have to find a better workaround. The military where the money needs to come directly from. It needs to go from the president signing it straight to the Treasury Department. And let the Treasury Department be responsible for divvying out this money. Because these agencies, I can't work with these yeah, agencies no more. Too many. It's too many of them and they don't know what they're doing. And they keep changing the rules. They keep messing up. They, they, they were given enough time to put these controls in place. To make sure that their systems were up and running properly. That's the whole point of you supposed to have an IS department mm -hmm. that's supposed to be testing this stuff. You're supposed to have developers on, on deck that's supposed to be creating this stuff. And we don't know what these folks are doing, but once again, they're never held accountable. And you have all this money. We're coming up on the, the end of the year before you know it. And you, and you still have billions of dollars at your disposal, <laughs> and, you we haven't, get some. <laughs> and you haven't divvied off that money like you're supposed to, because once again, it's not your money, and you can't give it back to the government. I don't know what they're gonna do, so we'll, we'll see. But uh, I just, I just like, we'll get, yeah, like we'll Bill get. Maher. He was having his issues with the solar panel that he was trying to put in the back of his yard mm -hmm. in the legislation in California. Mm -hmm. I don't know what day we're on, but we're on day like what? We're almost two years. We're on day like five hundred something dealing with our situation. With the SBA. With the yeah, SBA. I'm so. just I'm so over them. But yeah, we'll continue to keep you guys, you know, updated, you know, as we get some updates. If we get more funding from, you know, the SBA, then hey, we're gonna definitely share that. Um, but for right now, um, we just don't know what's going to happen. To be determined. To be determined. And like I said, they have billions at their disposal that they have to relinquish. They have to get that money off their books because it's not their money to keep. Right. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode six. Again, we are halfway through the season. We appreciate you all for listening and sticking with us and sharing our episodes. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please be sure to hit that like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and definitely share with your family and friends. And until next time, peace. Peace.